hosts of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. Well, thank you and welcome to this edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman. So glad you could join us today. This past weekend was when we released our annual outlook. It's called Navigating the Path Forward. And we had a lot of great feedback and I want to thank everyone who signed up and listened. And I want to thank everyone here at XML who helped in producing it, getting it ready. It's really good stuff. What we're going to do is we're going to leave it up for a little while on our website, which is xmlfg.com. So if you didn't get a chance, you can still go ahead and register and we'll send you out the login information right away. So once again, it's xmlfg.com. That's where you go to register. Have you heard the acronym FOMO? It's that affliction that some investors get when the markets are rallying. It's the fear of missing out. If you're feeling the early onset of FOMO, well, I'm going to try and cure you with an antidote. I call it FOMO no mo or the fear of missing out no more. Before we do that, let's talk about the markets. Again, the markets ended last week at new highs. You're seeing strong profit growth, improving economies worldwide. But to me, like I said last week, it feels like a little too far a little too fast. But hey, I'm a terrible market timer. So bad, in fact, that I don't even attempt to do it. I just work off the fundamentals, which has served me well over the years. As I said during our annual outlook, from a big picture perspective, well, things look pretty darn good. Our economy is picking up. Worldwide economies are picking up which is good because the strongest bull markets are the ones that are global in nature. According to the folks at Ned Davis, 94% of global markets are above their 200-day moving average. Momentum is clearly on their side. Here at home, within the S&P 500, more than 80% of the companies are trading above their 200-day moving average. GDP, which measures an economy's growth, GDP came in at 2.6% for the fourth quarter, which was below what people were expecting, but that number gets revised a few times. So don't get stuck on 2.6. But if it stands, the the economy will have grown at 2.3% last year, and that's up from 1.5% in 2016. I suspect that it continues to grow. We have the tax benefits that are going to start kicking in. You have less regulation and a general rekindling of animal spirits. I think that you'll see a good bit of pickup in capital expenditures. When you had the economy growing at, say, one and a half, two percent in an uncertain regulatory environment, businesses weren't all that eager to make capital investments because they didn't believe that they would get the return on their capital. They're not going to invest if they don't think they can make money. Now, now that you've got an economy growing well north of 2% and really closer to 3% with less regulation, I think you'll see more capital investments being made, thus adding to the overall growth of the economy. 
But in the here and now, we're in the middle of earning seasons and it's the best that I can remember in a long, long time to give you an idea of how good it is. So far, we've had more than 80% of the companies reporting sales above estimates. And if that continues, it'll be the highest number on record. To put it in perspective, over the last five years, just over 50% have reported sales above estimates. And now we're over 80. So, you're seeing both the top line sales and the bottom line earnings grow. That's good. You want to see both heading higher. Now, the fly in the ointment is investors themselves. Investor psychology is a little extreme. The average investor is holding the least amount of cash that I can remember. Margin debt is at an all-time high, and you're seeing record inflows into equities. Rob and Todd here at the group pointed out to me last week that the relative strength of the market has skyrocketed and it hasn't been this high in a long time. I think this is a case of FOMO, the fear of missing out. No one wants to get left behind. They just want to get on board the money train. And that usually spells trouble. Be careful. Don't just ditch your principles because you're afraid of that you might miss out. If you feel FOMO coming on, well, maybe, just maybe, here's the answer. We'll call it FOMO NOMO. It's a lesson from someone who I think was one of the smartest people to ever live, Sir Isaac Newton. That's right, the gravity guy. Newton was a mathematician, an astronomer, a theologian, a physicist. You probably remember him from your physics class. He formulated the laws of motion and universal gravitation. He also built the first practical reflecting telescope and made the first theoretical calculation of the sound of speed. This guy's smart. You get it. He's a smart guy. But does being really smart make you a better investor? Well, it doesn't hurt, I'm sure, but it doesn't make you a good investor. It doesn't ensure that you're going to be a good investor just because you're really smart, especially if you don't have a plan or if you can't keep your emotions in check. Sir Isaac Newton fell victim to the dreaded FOMO. Now, I have to give credit to Jason Swag, who wrote about this a while back. We've had more than a few speculative bubbles over the course of history. The Dutch tulip bubble, Japanese real estate, the dot-com bubble, the housing bubble just a few years ago, and the South Sea bubble, excuse me. The South Sea Company was formed in 1711 and was a promised monopoly by the British government on all trade with the Spanish colonies of South America. And the directors went out and they started circulating all these tall tales of incredible riches in the South Sea, which is present day South America. The shares in the company surged more than eightfold in 1720 and everybody, everybody wanted in. And that's when our Sir Isaac Newton comes into the story here. Newton was an early investor in South Sea. And in the spring of 1720, he thought the market was getting a little out of hand. He's quoted as saying he could calculate the motions of heavenly bodies, but not the madness of people. So 
Newton thought the market was getting out of hand. So he sold his shares that spring and pocketed a 100% return, 7,000 pounds. And that was a lot of money back then. But a couple of months later, he was swept up in the still rising enthusiasm for South Sea and he jumped back in. That's right, because he felt like he was missing out and he ended up losing 20,000 pounds. As a matter of fact, for the rest of his life, he forbid anyone to say South Sea in his presence. He clearly knew things were getting out of whack, but FOMO, the fear of missing out, sucked him back in and led to a disastrous end. I'm not saying we're in any type of bubble, but I'm using this story so we can keep things in perspective. We don't want to chase the markets. We don't want to overpay for securities. My personal philosophy is that I'd rather miss out on some of the upside rather than fully participate on the downside. It's time for us to take a short break. And when we come back, I want to talk about horse racing and some of my favorite stocks. This is Eric Whiteman, and we are back in just a moment. You worked hard, you saved and invested along the way. Now you want to make sure all your hard work pays off so you can do what matters most to you, whether it's giving back to your community or ensuring a safe, comfortable retirement. It's never too late to start planning. Now's the time to get the advice you deserve. Hi, this is Eric Whiteman of the XML Financial Group. If you want someone who can help you navigate the investment landscape, then please visit us at our website, xmlfg.com or call us at 301-770-5234. Well, thank you and welcome back to this edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman, partner here at the XML Financial Group. So glad you could join us today. Don't forget to visit us at xmlfg.com. That's where you can learn more about us and what we do for a living. If you're looking for a value manager, a conservative value manager, well, then give us a call. We'd be happy to help. Today, we're talking about FOMO or the fear of missing out. FOMO and the cure. If you're investing your own money, it pays to have discipline and a process. That way, you're prepared for when things, well, for when things get a little screwy. I would say focus on your process and not on every outcome. You can make a terrible decision, but still have a good outcome. And you can make a great decision and have a poor outcome. Like David Skolansky wrote in The Theory of Poker, anytime you make a bet with the best of it, where the odds are in your favor, you've earned something on that bet, whether you actually win or lose the bet. By the same token, when you make a bet with the worst of it or when odds aren't in your favor, you've lost something, whether you actually win or lose that bet. Think of it this way. You're in Las Vegas and you're sitting at the blackjack table and the person next to you is sitting on a 17. Then they ask the dealer for a hit. Everybody at the table stops and even the dealer asks, are you sure? The guy says yes, and of course, the dealer deals a four, and they have a 21. They win. 
What do you say? Nice hit. If you're a card player, you know that this was the wrong thing to do because the odds aren't in your favor. If you keep making that same bet over and over, you're eventually going to lose money. It's important to concentrate on a well-thought-out process and not exclusively on the outcome. Buy stocks when you see value in them, when they're trading at reasonable multiples, when the company is generating a good amount of free cash flow, when they're paying a dividend. Don't go chasing. Don't get caught up in the noise. And there's a lot of noise out there. As a matter of fact, I always wonder how much money gets lost because the volume on the TV is up too loud. CNBC's on and we got the volume cranked up and we're listening. Someone hears a great story, runs out, buys a stock without doing their homework, or they see endless bits of data and news and they feel like they have to react to it. There was a study done a while back on handicappers, people who been on horse racing, the researchers asked the handicappers to make a decision on five pieces of data that the handicappers thought were critical in making those decisions. Then they did the same thing with 10 pieces of data, then 20 pieces of data, then 40 pieces of data. By the end, they gave them so much data. And you know what? Having more data or news didn't increase their ability to pick the winner. But what it did do was boost their confidence in their bets. Actually, they became overconfident, which you can probably imagine means they wagered more because they thought they knew more. This happens in investing too. Just because your stocks are up, don't get overly confident to the point where you end up chasing the market. I'd stay focused. I'd stay value oriented and do your homework. Let's talk about not chasing. Let me give you one of my favorite stocks now that you can do your work on and see if it's appropriate for you. Again, you don't want to buy something just because I'm talking about it or you see it on CNBC or what have you. We're talking about Chevron today, symbol CVX. Trading right now, about $127, paying a 3.5% dividend, roughly. Oil has done very well over the last year. I think Chevron will continue to do well if oil stays above $50 a barrel this year. And I'm fairly confident it will for a number of reasons. CVX has both the upstream and the downstream, so it's called an integrated energy company. It's roughly half oil, half gas. The upstream part of the business is the one that drills and lifts oil and gas out of the ground, and the downstream is where they refine it and sell it. The story with CVX is for several years, they've spent a lot of money, I mean a lot of money, developing different areas of the business. And the thought was that these investments would pay off over the longer run. Well, I think that time has probably come. It looks like their cash flow is going to improve over the next few years because that major spending is behind them. Oil prices are improving and they're increasing production. What I like about CVX is that they're returning that cash flow back to the shareholders through dividends and buybacks. Chevron is paying about, as I said, a three and a half percent dividend. That's 29 years 
of annual dividend growth. And over the last 10 years, it's increased on average of 9% per year. And the coverage or their ability to pay that dividend is getting better. When you look at CVX, a lot of people are just going to dismiss it because they see that it's trading at a high PE multiple. Remember, these are what I would consider depressed earnings. And I think you could see those earnings continue to go grow pretty rapidly. Value line gives them an A++ for financial strength, which is the highest you can get. And balance sheets matter. They get a five for earnings predictability, which is about the lowest you can get. But it's what you would expect from an oil company, a company that's very cyclical. And they get a one for safety, which is the highest rating. If CVX came back to about 120, I'd be a buyer. I'm not going to chase it here at 127. I'm going to be patient. And if I can buy it at 120, I will. That's about all we have time for this week. We'll be back next Wednesday with new ideas. And remember, until then, it's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow. Okay, you've listened to the show. Now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up. It's the disclosures. The things I talked about during the show, well, they're just my opinion and may or may not necessarily be those of the XML Financial Group. Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. No, no. You should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I'd suggest you get someone who's qualified in these areas so you can get the advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, diversification, rebalancing, they don't guarantee better results and they don't eliminate the risk of losses. In investing, there are no guarantees. Just because you use these strategies doesn't mean you'll outperform someone or something who doesn't. XML Financial LLC is an independent registered investment advisor.